everyone. Welcome to another episode of the show. This, of course, is Chatterbox Video Game Radio, and my name is Alon. Now, this is a different different episode than usual because Ara is away. He's out doing what he has to do, uh, making games. Now, that leaves me by myself to do an episode of the show. Now, I know that you guys want a show every week, and so we do our damnedest not to miss a week ever. Now, sometimes we go on vacation or whatever, and I apologize for those times when we leave you hanging. Uh, I didn't want to do that this time. That said, I also did not want to do an entire show by myself. Um, if we have anybody listening from way, way back, we're talking like eight years ago when we first started, uh, you might remember I did a couple shows um, completely on my own. And for anyone who has had to do that, uh, well, if you haven't, I will just tell you that that sucks. So I'm not going to do that anymore. But we do have uh, what I reluctantly call a very special episode for you today. Um, I guess it's it's like a fan fan episode, and that does not mean I'm going to rehash old episodes because that's super lame. But um, I've got an interview. I actually, one of our very dedicated listeners, um, his name is Dave, he big fan of the show and he wants to do something he wants to make a game and uh and i'm going to talk to him about his quest to make his first small indie game and um that's what you guys are here today we're going to do it in three segments um and uh in fact some of it wasn't even necessarily meant meant to be heard but since i know you love the show and you want to hear behind the scenes kind of stuff I'm going to put it out there for you. Uh, before we start, before we get into uh, the actual interview with Dave, there's something else I want to talk about. And before I do that, I'm going to do what I always do and uh, make our sponsors happy. Uh, our sponsor, I should say, one of them, UAT, the University of Advancing Technology, whose website is uat.edu. They are a school. They can get you into making games. If you're interested in that, uh, you know, give them a shot, uat.edu. So... Um, what I did last night before talking to Dave uh, in prep for this show is I went to the local showing of Indie Game the Movie. Now, if you if you weren't aware, Indie Game the Movie has been in development for a while. Um, they actually did a Kickstarter project of their own. Um, I can't remember the details. Maybe I should have researched it before before saying this, but I think it was just like to finish it up. Like they did a lot of the filming and they weren't done and they needed a Kickstarter to, to finish up, uh, re- basically wrap up the whole thing. They've done so and they've gotten a lot uh, or had a lot of success. A lot of people really loved the movie. I saw it. I loved it. Um, I definitely urge you all to see it. Uh, you can pre-order it right now. Their website is IndieGameTheMovie.com. Um, it's just two people, a guy and a girl, decided that they were going to make a movie about indie game development. Um, as a lot of these things do, it turned into something different than what they originally expected, but it's still really awesome. Um, it's gotten all sorts of recognition from various film festivals, including like Sundance, you know, that's the big one. So clearly uh, I'm not the only one who liked it and uh, people who don't even like games like it. In fact, one one interesting thing that they mentioned, because they were there, right, the the filmmakers were there on this tour and, and talked to us after after the movie was over one thing that they said was uh you know they're, they're showing this off at all sorts of movie festivals and inevitably there's some woman they said like 30s 40s 50s who raises her hand to ask a question and there she's like so you're saying that uh 
that game development is like art. And and what's funny is like all of us in the theater, like we were all gamers, um, and, and we all like sort of give this smirk, like of course, you know, it's like the the Ebert argument, and um, and they said the same thing. They're like, you guys, you get it, you know, but like to a lot of the people watching this movie, it just it it catches them off guard. They didn't even realize it. it's their first introduction to that that sort of concept, and. Um, that I thought was was a really interesting to, thing to hear from them. Um, I guess games aren't as prevalent as uh, as perhaps you and I thought. So, anyway, um, again, I urge you to to go uh, to indiegamethemovie.com dot com um, and and either pre order the movie or watch the trailer. Get ready for it. Get your friend to buy it, whatever it takes, because um, it really is worth watching. And you don't really have the chance to see it in a movie theater unless you happen to be um, in a place where they're touring it. Now, um, that said, before I actually cut out and go to Dave's interview as well, I interviewed, um, well, one question. I asked them one question, the uh, the filmmakers, after it was all over. And I'm going to play that for you right now. Um, it doesn't give away too much of the movie. It's I don't think it's a big deal in terms of plot. But uh, just FYI, it does mention a little bit about what goes on um yeah so i'm also going to give you advance warning the audio pretty much throughout the rest of this program will not be awesome and that's because it was recorded uh not using our standard methods um my interview with dave was on skype and i maintain the argument that skype is horrible for audio although it is better than a cell phone uh, it's not as good as being there in person and um the, the question and the interview that I did with, with the filmmakers for Indie Game the Movie was just done on a, on a hand recorder, my iPhone. So um, uh, the quality of the iPhone is great, but the atmosphere was horrible, so it had to be filtered. So anyway, enough of that. Forgive me for the quality, but um, anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. I'll be back a couple of times, but, uh, but otherwise the, the rest of this is just pre-recorded. My question is actually more about the gaming content than the filmmaking, but I think you guys all have an interesting perspective on it anyway. So watching the whole film, there's obviously focus on these indie developers, right? That's what it's about. And you get the feeling as, as the viewer that it's, it's very, as indie would sound, independent, right? These people are just talking to them either you know, by themselves or talking to their partner during the development of this. But then there's a point near the end when Edmund, uh, when the game's getting released... And he references to Tommy something that John had said to him. John Blow was, was talking about the number of units they sold per, or that he had sold per day. Don't give away the movies. Right? It's a small point. Anyway, so he mentions it, and it made me realize that John is like this godfather figure um, throughout the movie, which if I were smarter, I would have seen earlier. And so I'm curious, like, you guys wa- talking to all of these developers of independent games, some of whom had, who had released at some point and some who hadn't, uh, is there that sort of like camaraderie and friendship and mentorship that happens in the real world that maybe as a consumer I wouldn't expect happens? Or when I watch an EA versus Activision feud, don't think there's any friendliness behind the scenes? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think the industry is, um, yeah, shockingly small. Um, like, it's, it's a very small, intimate, and, and friendly industry, actually. Like, especially with independent games. Like, these are just all people working on their thing. And when they're working on their thing, like a lot of them have met others in forums, and that's the way, and they collaborate, uh, you know, all the time. Um, and it just seems like it's a really, really small community. And like you kind of referenced John Blow as kind of being like a Godfather figure, and I don't know if he's so much of a Godfather figure, but he's definitely 
like when indie indie games kind of like broke big in like two thousand you know seven two thousand eight. Uh, John Blow was one of the first people to really kind of make it big, and a lot of people point to Braid as being like one of those, you know, touchstone titles that really set off this this wave. Although indie games have been around for a long, long time for sure, um, but the, it was just kind of like this this wave that kind of like started with Braid and Castle Crashers and all that stuff. And I think he's just a guy that has already went through it, and he kind of shares like, and he's he's actually he loves to you know like when people need advice, they they can go to him and, and he'll share and kind of give. You know, help them through it, and and yeah, it's it, like in making this movie, we just talked to like one or two people, and that instantly opened up a world of independent game developers because they were all friends, they all knew each other, and everyone is so like incredibly open that like one person led to another, which led to another, which led to another, and everyone was really game and open to sharing, and um, yeah, so like I think when you look at it from the, the outside. Like, you wouldn't really have, you know, much reason to believe that all these people are friends and all that stuff, and I think a lot of them are, and a lot of, you know, a lot of them aren't, but not necessarily from not being friends, but it's just they live in different parts of the world and, and all that stuff. But, yeah, there's, yeah, huge camaraderie and community, like, within the indie game scene, for sure. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. All right, I am back. Just a quick reminder and subtle apology. Sound quality's not awesome, but it's actually not all that bad either. So, anyway, thanks for sticking with it, and here we go. So, Dave. Hey. You, um, you want to make a game called Fly Killer Elite. Is that right? That is correct. All right. Now, how are you attempting to make this game or to get attention to uh. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's so many different angles into into making an indie game, especially when you haven't made one in the past. Um, the my my pedigree is that uh, I've been a graphic designer for uh, the last decade, and um, and I've been trying to use that with a lot of print jobs and web jobs, but now I want to go into video gaming, and so to to try to press the flesh, if you will, of this game, I'm uh, appealing to audiences like yourself. And uh, and asking people, well, what do you think of the concept? And uh, I know I got a little feedback from Aura about a week ago, and and took that into consideration. But for the most part, I'm just uh, going to news venues and saying, hey, is anyone interested in taking a look at this and, and seeing if they'd like to talk about it? Okay, so we're not 
we're not the only only outlet for you. You're the main outlet, but no, and you guys truly are the main outlet, mainly because you know there's a couple of podcasts I listen to, but you guys are the ones that uh, that I intentionally keep hitting the refresh button to to see if it's popped up yet or not. Oh, you quit <laughs> quit it! It's people like you that make me feel guilty when I get to show up late. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. I will not pay attention to that for the moment. So, all right, so you've got uh, a website set up, Fly Killer Elite. Um, and it takes you over to Kickstarter. Correct. And so uh, it's clear from the presentation, at least, you seem to have changed it since I first looked at it, but not very much. So uh, it's clear that you've got graphic design in your background because you did sure. a good job there. Um, but I, I'm going to ask, you say you've done graphic design, but have you done programming? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, most of it's markup programming as opposed to, uh, back-end development programming. Um, but that being said, I have no problem uh, learning a new language if, if the task requires. Um, so that's not really a big problem. The uh, the Kickstarter page is, is really my way to gauge the public as to whether or not, one, if, if the world thinks that they need a game of this concept, and two, uh, if, I, if I get funded via Kickstarter, then I'll go the purest way and uh, and use um, IO, iOS SDK and, and, and Objective C, which I would have to learn first. Um, if if not, I may still try to tackle it, but I may use a gasket program like Adobe Flash. Okay, so so here's what I'm going to ask you to do for for our listeners. Um, I want you in not it doesn't have to be terribly short, but but give it maybe a minute at most to sure. describe this game because they're. You know, they're listening in their cars or wherever they are, and they don't have the website in front of us, so they don't know what the game's even about. So what is your plan? Basically, go through your Kickstarter page. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run down it. Uh, the quick and dirty of the game is it's a, uh, basically it's a multiplayer game that I hope to run uh, on either two iOS devices like iPhones or uh, one iPad where we'll cut the iPad down the center and one person sits on one side, one person sits on the other, much like the tabletop Pac-Man games of uh, of the olden days. Um, and then mainly the premise of the game is that on either hemisphere of the of the game playing board, there are a bunch of flies running around. And uh, the more you kill, the better. If you lob off one of their heads, you get more points as opposed to just squishing their bodies. Um, the The additive here is that there are other kinds of flies running around that you do not want to touch. And with those kinds of flies, you can actually flick them to the other person's side of the board in, in an attempt to get them to touch them. Um, add a time clock to it, and you have your game. So it's just really a, a, a fast-action squash game where you get to flick nasties at the other person's board, which is kind of a what I would think is a tried-and-true formula for a lot of old puzzle games. Okay, so... Like you mentioned, you already got some feedback from Aura, and that's because you emailed us with with this idea um, not not long ago, a week or sure. two ago, right? And Aura, being the game designer that he is, wrote back and gave you his feedback. Um, I sort of saved my my response for the air because I wanted to talk about it during the show. We didn't get to it last week though, because as a dedicated listener, I'm sure you'll you'll remember that we did the entire show for one game last week. Which I know, I could tell just based on your voice, drove you insane. Um, it's it's interesting that we did that, <laughs> but it's not it's not horrible because at least it was not a crappy game. Sure. But sure. Um, 
but I did want to touch on, on your request, which is basically to get our feedback on your proposal. And I have um, several different angles that I, I want to, to use to respond, right, or, or several different um, aspects I want to touch on. Sure. First of all, um, very simple game, right, obviously. It's right. your first game, so you shouldn't do anything extravagant. Um, so... I would wonder why you're going to Kickstarter at all, why you're requesting funding from anyone for a project that is so simple in terms of its its design. Um, and your Kickstarter, you're only requesting $3,300. So it's not, like, uh, it's not like you need this to survive for six months to get this project off the ground. Correct. So um, what, what does funding actually go to? Is it just to prove to yourself that people want to play it so you should spend the time doing it? No, absolutely not. Uh, the $3,300 is a, a very real number after I've crunched down everything that I would need to uh, to purchase to get this thing off the ground. One of the things is uh, uh, that we – I don't know if we mentioned it's – it, I'm going to build it for the iOS platform. I think we did mention it. Yes. And Apple doesn't necessarily make that easy. <laughs> um, so what they require is uh, for me to have the proper hardware for development, the proper hardware for testing, and then they get you with developer licenses. Uh, top that off with a nice cherry of decent music that I would license from whatever band would uh, would work with me on it, and uh, you've got your number. So at the end of the day, uh, I'm still going to be programming out of pocket. This this price tag is for me to be able to push it out the door. Okay. So basically, you do the hard work, but you have a little bit of capital up front. Correct. Uh, okay. So still, that caught me by surprise a little bit, um, because usually when we see a, a project like this, right, it's, you know, a couple of guys working in their living room or their garage or their basement or whatever the the metaphor is, and um, they pump out this, this product, which is, you know, near and dear to them, and then they get people to play it, and hopefully the people like it. If not, you know, they move on to their next, next project until one of them sort of catches. Uh, so I was surprised to see... So you requesting um, Kickstarter funding for something that that was so simple in scope, right? At least I can understand a little bit why you why you're requesting it at the same time. I mean, are they just requiring that you have a Mac or something, and you don't already have a Mac? Well, no, and I already have a Mac. I'm running on an older Mac, but where Apple really gets you, and uh, I hope we don't get in trouble by even saying this, but um, they require that uh, for you to utilize everything that the newest devices that they kick out. Uh, offer, they require you to program on the most update version of the operating system so you can run the most update version of their software development kit. And in order to test that, you need the most update version of an iPhone, iPad, etc. Now, I have the iPhone and the iPad. That's not the issue. But I do need a new, uh, an updated Mac with uh, the newest operating system and the newest uh, software development kit. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Other, otherwise, it would just be very generic, right? I could probably program the uh, the standard swipe motions, but I may not be able to utilize, uh, or I may not be able to access, like, say, the user's music library for background music purposes or something like that. Gotcha. Well, if you've been listening to two recent episodes of the show, you'll know that Ara says that you shouldn't do that anyway. Right, right. So, you know, take that into account, and maybe you can simplify the project. Um, all right, so so now let's talk about the actual content. Um, so you want this game to use two devices, have two players live. Um, that part I like, um, and I would venture to say that other people like it as well. 
I don't know why, but that's very, it's not done very often. Maybe just because it's a bigger hurdle, right? Um, if you've sure. got two players, or if, if the game is not fun without that element, um, like I, I'm assuming you would make a single player version of it as well. Yeah, I mean, most likely, you know, I would go in the direction of, say, Choo Choo Rocket, where you have multiplayer as your meat and potatoes, and then you've just got a puzzle version off to the side for the people that want to hone their skills um, and may or may not have somebody to that, that's sitting right next to them to play along with. Okay, so I think the, the hurdle to entry, meaning, like, having to actually get a second player to be there with you to play, um, although I guess you could do it online, too, Um that's probably why people don't do this very often, but I love that. I like the idea of laying the iPad down on the table, f- flinging something over there, and affecting their game. So that's, I, I believe Ara said the same thing. Like, that's really the, the most interesting part of this idea. Um, and so play that up a little bit more in in your, uh, your Kickstarter page. And cool, so you did that, or maybe you didn't. I, I don't know, because I don't remember exactly what it looked like before, but it's certainly up there in your in your bullet points. Um, but the rest of it is very, very simple, right? You're just you're just bashing on stuff. And that's why, like I said before, I was a little bit um, curious why you went went into making a whole uh, Kickstarter for it. Sure. But it's good. It's good. There's a little bit of, uh, of explanation. Now, another thing that's changed in the last several days um, is that you actually have some people who have pledged to the Kickstarter program. And I, oh, absolutely. I, that's amazing to me. Because I didn't think that you would. Um, so congratulations on well, that. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you. Especially someone in the $100 bracket for a simple iOS game. I um, I mentioned to you before we started talking that I just came from watching um, uh, a local showing of Indie Game the Movie, which I suspect a lot of our listeners have heard of. Um, were you familiar with this project before I mentioned it? Uh, was I familiar with Indie Game the Movie as a Kickstarter project? Yes. I, I was not familiar as it being a Kickstarter project so much as I was familiar with the movie post-production. Um, I have just recently come into that kind of information, that it was a Kickstarter project, and that they're bringing Kickstarter back into it for uh, DVD publishing purposes as well. But I did not know that up until about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> All right. Well, you have been doing your research, so good on you. Uh, anyway, I went and I saw that, and I didn't even remember when I was going to see it that it was – the the movie Kickstarter indie game thing that I had heard about. Um, by the way, very good movie. And, uh, yeah, glad I went. Um, the Kickstarter is getting a lot of attention lately. It helped them, and I'm sure you and many other people will see that movie soon. Uh, and so I I like that it's Kickstarter is, is making projects like this uh, possible, and certainly we've seen a lot of that in, well, in recent news, right, with uh, with the, not Psychonauts, but the guy who makes Psychonauts, Schaefer. Yeah, Double Fine Studios. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's great. And and so I'm going to wish you some success here, simply because I'm curious to see what happens. Sure. Um, but I I also want to warn you that okay. making a project, that something that uh, requires you to, to get an education is something that you don't currently have, right, learning the iOS development side. Um that that is a hefty thing to do, and uh, you're taking people's money and saying you're going to push something out. I've seen people do that before too, and I've seen them fail miserably and not get people the product that they promised. And so, do you have a, a timeline in mind for yourself? Where I mean, I guess 
I guess it says in the page, estimated delivery of August 2012. That seems like a tight timeline for someone who's in the real world. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I understand that completely. Um, I wouldn't have thrown August on there if I didn't think that I couldn't pull it or already pull it off. Um, I do have a prototype already built uh, that I built within Adobe Flash and then use that as a gasket to, to work on my iOS device, and it works pretty well. Um, that being said, uh, if this Kickstarter page does what I hope it does, uh, I would rebuild it again from scratch just knowing that I could, I, I would have the, uh, the initial code as my, as my fallback if required. But preferably, um, and it's the purest in me, I would prefer to kick it out in Objective-C, which is what, uh, the, the, most of the iOS developers kick it out in. That, that is the case. All right. Well, um, then that's, that's about it. I, I wonder if there's anything else we should talk about this except to tell people to go to flykillerelite.com, which will Thank take you. you to the Kickstarter page, and they can see if this is, this is something that they want to pledge money to. Now, if, they don't, if you don't reach the 3300 does all the money just go back to people? Is that how it works? That is correct. Kickstarter doesn't charge anybody a dime um, unless we hit our mark. So that's why I keep driving people and, and uh, letting them know that if, if, they, if they can't throw in a dollar, uh, just press the name for me if they could. Um, but the good news is, is I, I broke my bracket out, uh, to award people, um, I thought in a pretty effective manner. Um, like at the $20 range, people can become the voice of one of the flies when they die. So I'm gonna have plenty of voiceovers where people just send me MP3s of them saying, oh no, and, uh, and we'll make them sound like high-pitched flies, you know. Um, and then we've got other brackets as well, but a lot of people just, you know, like to have their name alongside of a game and at, at the one dollar range you can get your name in the credits kind of deal so uh, i'm hoping that uh with with the current success that we're having with the with the monetary donations that we have been getting uh that will will keep strong and uh within the next 14 days meet our goal do you, do you and you have to do it in the next oh, 13 days now oh yeah i guess it is 13 at this point <laughs> oh my gosh all right yeah. well well good luck to you Thank dave you. Um, that's about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that people go to it, and then you will let me know in the next two weeks because I will forget to go check the page. You let me know how it turns out. Um, all right. else are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives where else in the valley on campus or online can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security artificial life programming and game studies as well as technology management where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. 
Okay, this is going to be the last segment of tonight's show. Before we go any further, let me remind you that the commercial you just listened to was for University of Advancing Technology, UAT.edu. Don't forget to check them out if you're interested in a program for learning how to make games. So uh, this next bit is actually a continuation of the conversation that uh, just ended or that, that you just heard in the previous segment. But what's interesting is that we weren't expecting to use it. Uh, Dave did not necessarily know that this part was going to be aired. So he may have said some things that he wasn't anticipating uh, going out publicly. Um, too late. I think it's okay. If not, well, like I said, too late. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back right at the end. Uh, but here is the rest of our chat. I thought I was going to be able to make fun of this a lot more, but I could not <laughs> I could not find it in me. Um to do that, which is well, if you wanted to, that's fine. You know, that's at the end of the day, it's it. You know, it's it's a goofy game, and I understand that. It was um, it struck me as crazy that you wanted to do a Kickstarter for one so little money, um, and I say that from the voice of an adult, not a teenager, um, and and also for something so simple, where like I would criticize someone for for wasting someone's attention. Uh, for something that is so simple, sure. right? That you should just like be making on your own and see if people like it. Um, but, but I don't know. I don't know. Kickstarter has has impressed me, and so maybe there will be. I don't know. Yeah, and, and here's the deal. I mean, it may work and it may not. And like you said, a lot of indie developers they pour their heart and soul into the project, and they cross their fingers that the world accepts them. Um, being a designer for as long as I have. I've kind of thrown that mantra uh, into the trash can because I've had too many clients just come back and say, yeah, I'm going to stomp all over your heart. So maybe maybe that's why uh, I, I'm not taking that approach. But um, and, and don't get me wrong, I have the $3,300. I'm, you know, I've got a wife and kids and a decent house, and that's not the, the, the deal so much as if, if the world wants it, um, then, then uh, everyone can throw in a buck, and, and we'll see uh, where we get from there. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I know that what you're looking for is is the validation of it. Sure. Um, and that's that's another thing that's interesting because uh, people just make make this stuff. I don't know. I we take for granted all the time. This would have been good for the show, actually. We take for granted that people make things for free, right? Sure. Hand oh yeah, out. we do. Yeah, we do. Um. And, I mean, did you consider I'll just make this for free, try to get some attention, and then use the ad money that can come from the iOS ads or whatever? Or did that did you not think about putting ads on there? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've gotten to the point that if, if the game gets kicked out, I'll send out a free version, right, where it's going to have an ad every once in a while. But I'm not going to be ridiculous where people get annoyed with it. And then I'll have a 99-cent version that's just ad-free, but both of them will respectively be the same game. And then the money that comes in from that, both with the 99 cent one and the ad version, will go to fund a the next big project, which would be a, a much larger project where I could actually get a team developed and and hopefully start a small studio. Wow! So you have a goal to actually go big with this. What What are you doing now? You're just doing graphic design. Uh, well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a senior designer for a financial company here in Houston, Texas. Um, I, uh, I've, I've busted my butt and, uh, I do everything from, uh, front end web design, print work and logos, the whole nine yards. And 
it's fine. I love what I do, and there's there's no price tag you can put on that. But at the end of the day, I've uh, I've been collecting video games since the late '80s, and old school consoles, and taking alcohol and and uh, uh, Q-tips and restoring as much as I can. And I figured it's just time, you know, to to at least try my hand at this. I've got some technical prowess. I definitely have the graphical prowess, and if it works out, great. But if not, I'm not going to be that guy that cries himself to sleep in the corner because it didn't work out. That's interesting. You, uh, you, I think, might grab even more value from the indie game movie than than I did, um, because it, I mean, it tells a very specific story. Of, it's, yeah, no, I haven't seen it, but it's it's Meat Boy, Braid, and Fez, right? Exactly. Like I went into this knowing not a damn thing about this movie. Um, I just like someone. So Danny B, Danny Baranowski does the music for, like, Cannibal and Super Meat Boy and Isaac the Binding and stuff. Um, he's very talented. Uh, music, I don't know, what do you call a music producer, developer, designer? Um, so he does the music for these, and uh, he's local, right? And he's sort of in my, my loose circle of acquaintances, friends. And, uh, and he Facebooked that he was going. And I thought, well, I need something for my show. I could get an interview from the people who made the movie. I could see this movie. Great. And that, that was all I knew about it, right? Right. And um, then I go and, and learn that, like you said, it covers um, John Blow and um, Edmund and Tommy, who made, uh, made Super Meat Boy. And then Phil Schill, or whatever his name is, I think it's Phil Schill, who made Fez, which I'm so excited about coming out on Friday. Hell yeah! Uh, everyone is. I'm. I'm going to download that thing as soon as it hits. Yeah. So it was funny because my wife was going to go to the theater with me to see it, and then she decided to to stay home. And she has a complete, just like would divorce me kind of crush uh, for John Blow. Oh really? After, <laughs> yeah. After seeing Braid, and that's because she's, you know, she's like uh, a writer. And he had this big story in it. And so um, I didn't care at all about the story in Braid. But she loved it. And she met him once at the Game Developers Conference and talked to him about just how awesome he was. And it's funny because she doesn't really get, like, have a hard time talking to people ever. Um, she's the most charismatic person on the planet. And she met him and, like, was having a hard time stick- getting words out. So anyway. Wow. Um, so she didn't she didn't go see it with me and what I really liked about about Braid in particular is that she saw me play it she's like uh, like the demo right she said alright you have to buy this and she threw money at me and made me buy it because she loved how artsy it was and whatever and now it's like one of my favorite games ever sure. and um, and she loves John Blow so I was like if she saw this movie she would see Fez and she would be like you totally have to get Fez and play Fez and just to validate the purchase of Fez not not to validate it but because I want her to think that it's good and sit there and want to actually see it right there's a oh, big sure. difference between playing a game with yourself and having your wife nag you for why you're not doing something else and having her sit there and enjoy you uh, right right fact, which happens playing. so which happens way too few uh, in far between. Exactly. So I'm kind of bummed she missed it because then she would be supportive of my wanting to get the game and play it. Um, so that's that's a bit of a bummer, but but eventually she'll see it and enjoy it. Um, but the point I was trying to make before is that it, it tells this very specific story 
And what's interesting is, right, there's um, there's the game that already came out, right, Brave. Mm-hmm. There's the game that um, they were filming and stuff uh, a lot, and then it came out, you know, before the, the movie was made, before the movie was finished, and that's uh, Super Meat Boy. And then mm-hmm. there's Fez, which was in the making but not finished um, during the course of the film, and now the film is about to come out, and by the time it comes out, Fez will have come out. But but the story of the movie covers those three things, right? And so you get sure. these uh, sort of different points of view from each one of those people. And and you're an example uh, of someone who's considering it, right? Hasn't even started development, but you're looking <laughs> forward on this possible life of development. And uh, it's it's very interesting insight, what the people have to go through and the stresses that they, they have to go through. And I'm not convinced that someone with a real family like yourself could pull it could off. handle that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, I understand that. I understand where that, where you're coming from completely. And and I've tried my hand at, at a, a lot of things that consume my time, like beer making and, um, and, uh, and personal projects and stuff. And I still do, I still do each one of them, but it, I may not spend as much time as, as the project in front of me. Um, which is why with Flight Killer Elite, I was thinking, well, let's get this thing off the ground. If we can get a small game off the ground um, where the high concept isn't very uh, complex, um, then one, I think I can have the time. I can dedicate the five to ten hours a week toward, you know, toward it um, and, and see what happens without really losing anything. And, I mean, as an indie developer, the best part of, of – uh, of having, like, well, with, with Kickstarter, the best part of having the backers the way that they are is, uh, when the money comes in, they get what they get because they purchase, you know, what I put in the tier. And the game itself is still 100% up to me. With the exception of what I've already built in to the description and, to, and the main concept. Um, so as indie developers, we, we can do a lot more. We can jump a lot further than say, EA with AAA titles where they have lots of money writing on it and they have lots of cooks in the kitchen telling them that they don't get it or that their dog or their daughter doesn't understand what a certain level is supposed to be like and they got to dumb it down. And so, uh, you know, but the, the other side of that coin is, you know, it, it is kind of all on my shoulders. So it's it's a question as to whether it's going to happen. And I see it as a really good experiment, if anything. And if it works out, we'll know in 15 days, right? Well, 13 days. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't, it doesn't. So I'm curious about one other small detail. Uh, sure, sure. So you've got these people pledging pledging for it, and you're going to give them – actually, I don't even know. Do you even offer them the game or just – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the best part about Kickstarter is um, – and you may already know this, but the higher tier that you buy, you also get everything below it. Yeah. So let's see this guy Bill Sketch that pledged a hundred bucks. He gets his name do, in the. Do you know that guy? I figured that was like your mom or something. No, I don't know this guy. Okay. No fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple of these people, and um, and one of them's in Britain, and I've met him once, and I was blown away that that he even remembered who I was. Um, but no, I don't know this guy. With so, the last name like Sketch, do you think he's really gonna pay? Well, at this point, he kind of has to, I think. Well, no, I guess not. Um, okay, so what what Amazon does is when he pledges, they put a hold on his card for a hundred bucks, um, and then 
at the day of funding or the day of reckoning, whatever you want to call it, that's when they officially charge everyone. Um, if if nobody gets charged or if we don't meet our, our expectations uh, of funding, then they just release that hold, and so nobody's credit card gets charged. But at this point, unless he backs out, like, at the last minute, which that's probably a possibility. That is a possibility. But unless he does it, um, he would probably already consider it money already spent. That's fascinating. So, so my question was really going to be, uh, how do you deliver a game that is a paid version to people uh-huh. who've done this? Like, I know you can do redemption codes and stuff, but does Apple only allot you a certain number? No, no, absolutely not. Um, well, okay, so Apple will give me a few redemption codes, um, but mainly that's you know that's minimal as opposed to the like. Let's say if I get you know two thousand people, right? Um, that uh, that pledge at the five dollar mark, and that's the mark that you you have to pledge at to get a copy of the game, and everything above that you also get a copy of the game. But let's say I get two thousand people just at the five dollar mark. Um, there's no way they're going to give me that many free codes. So exactly. essentially, what I'm going to do is the same thing that I did with you around Christmas time, where I go into the Apple App Store and actually gift it myself to you, the end user. That's interesting because then you turn around and get. 70% of what you gifted, but then 30% goes to Apple. Right, but as far as I'm, like I said, you know, I've got the money to start the game up. It's it's never been about the money so much as it's been about the, does the world, one, does the world want it, and two, if they if they want it, then will they help me uh, get started? Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating that you can't just give away your game. Right, right. Like you, don't, you don't even have that option. Well, there is one thing, and it's odd. I, I saw one thing that somebody did that, that could work, um, where they had they had a paid version of the application. It was a game called Zombies Run, and essentially you use your iPod, and you hook up your earphones, and you just I am jog. familiar with this one, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so with Zombies Run, you can buy... If you type in Zombies Run in the App Store, it only brings up the paid version. It's like the $5 version. If you go to their Kickstarter page, it says, as long as you are a backer, you get in, okay, so like, if you back me for a buck, and I do an update on this page, it will send you a message that nobody else can see. So, they sent a message to all the backers that said, don't buy the $5 one, download this one. And it was a completely different name, but it had the right uh, icon on it and stuff, and it was the exact same program, but it was free. So what's preventing them from passing it on to other people? Well, what you do is once you download it, it asks you for a username and a password. Right. And that password is only given to backers. Yeah, I uh, I found that that app when I was, you know, I was actually looking for that app, and I came across the other one. I don't, oh, did you? Yeah. So it it is findable, right? I found it by accident. And saw that it was a Kickstarter specific thing, but they had that special like phone home username thing, or maybe it was built into the game, I guess. Right. Uh, so that's. I, I, I mean, wonder... they 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 must have hand typed the usernames and the passwords of all the back of all the backers into some database that the program's pinging to to unlock it essentially. Yeah, exactly. That's um, it's fascinating <laughs> to me that that you have to go to such extremes to make right? that happen. Right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Apple's got thirty percent stock in it, right? So why would they why would they want you to give it out to everybody? You know, if, at the end of the day, though, I guess it doesn't make sense. Like, now that I just said that, because they can allow you to sell it for free, no problem. Uh, exactly. But what's also, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because you're 
you could get around their 30% altogether if you just did Kickstarter. In fact, people can already do this, right? If you do Kickstarter, make, let's say, $2 million or a million dollars, whatever we want the number to be, right? Ten bucks. And then you just release the game for free and let other people get it for free, but you've already made your money. Right. Um, And then Apple gets nothing, but you got a bunch of money. Sure. So they probably hate the whole Kickstarter thing. Yeah, they probably do. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's got to be a bittersweet thing because – you know, with some of these projects, there is money coming in. But, yeah, I bet they do hate Kickstarter because at the end of the day, you know, the amount of money that one app brings in is nominal compared to, you know, marginal compared to what they're usually bringing in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, no, you're absolutely right. They absolutely hate it. Um, and even using, say, let's – even if I sold, like, a, a free version of it and used, like, an in-game purchase to unlock it or what have you, that money is still going to Apple because it's utilizing their, their uh, App Store API to make said purchase. Yeah. So you can't get around that way. But, yeah, I mean, I've thought about how I'm going to deliver it to people. Um, and then I also said on Facebook and – um, got a little bit of a response, and, and I'll extend this to you as well if you like. Um, but I said the next 10 people to to donate uh, can be part of the beta team. And the reason I limited it to 10 is because when I actually do development, um, I can assign developers licenses to the UID of any iOS device. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm familiar if you, with that. Yeah. So, so I mean, at to a degree, right? I mean, if Apple sees that I'm giving away all 100 ones that they allow me to give out to random people all over the country, and technically they could say, "Hey, these guys aren't all part of your team." But when I do 10 people, they're not going to bat an eye at it. So no, I figured, hey, those people actually are your team because they'll, I would think, give you some feedback on it if they cared so much that they but, got in early. Right. Right. They they would actually become your beta testers even though you don't know them personally. It's it's irrelevant. It's it's certainly an arguable point. Yeah, it's it's odd, you know. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily think that uh, that the Girl Scout cookie method would work for something like this. But when you go on Kickstarter, it really is. Like, what is what's their mantra, right? Fun, creativity, or something like that. And it makes perfect sense if there's people out there willing to throw a dollar. And hell, I've been victim of. I say victim, but I've. I've been a part of it, too, where I've backed maybe 15 different projects at this point and probably spent you know, 60 dollars $70 of my own money doing so. But when they're in minuscule amounts, you don't really miss it. And then you get that little warm, cuddly feeling like I, I made a difference with this project or I, I got them further to their goal, um, plus whatever they're going to give you, right, be it a T-shirt or, see, I'm offering um, – little temporary tattoos to put on your thumbs that look like dead flies, you know, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is. And some people, there are people out there with money that want to fund creativity. I say, let, let them do it. Now, just between you and me with 13 days left and, and being only at the $396 mark, we're really going to have to, to, to pray to the indie game demigods and see, to, for this to work, I think. Well, uh, with your permission, I could take that part where you just said between you and me and put it on the air so it's not between you and me and see how it turns out. Hey, um, if you think, hey, if you think it'll help, go for it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you were talking about how some people, you know, might just give a T-shirt or something and you're giving the tattoos. Uh, for the record, I think the tattoos are lame although they make a fun graphic. But the putting your voice in the game is actually really neat. And so, like, for 20 bucks, voice in the game, I think that's that's interesting. 
Um, I'm curious, how much skill do you have with audio manipulation since you've oh. done graphic design? Yeah, I, I've, I'm doing, I, I'm fantastic. I say fantastic. I'm decent um, at video, audio, static graphics, animated graphics. That's not my problem. Um, the only problem I have with audio is, is composing. So I can, I can take your voice and make it sound like Vader if you want me to. That's not a big deal. That takes milliseconds for me to do. Um, but... I I could never sit down with a pencil and uh, and a piece of paper and write a score for this game, and so that's why some of that money is going to either somebody creating a score for me, or uh, hopefully, and I haven't kind of been trying to get a hold of uh, their uh, uh, their label, but there's a band called the Proto Men. Um, they're based outside of Tennessee, I think, and they made essentially the Mega Man Rock Opera on two discs. And one of their songs is just so 1980s, epic, mullet flapping in the wind, fantastic, that I would love to use it in the game if, if I can get hold of them. But that being said, uh, I might just take the EA Sports approach, right, and just uh, uh, buy out licenses for five, ten indie songs from indie bands. And as they're playing in the background, it pops up that little blip on the right-hand screen for two seconds telling you what the band's name is, what the track's name is, and a link to iTunes to download the song, and everyone's happy. You know, Christian Rock is always looking for a venue. You could go that route. <laughs> you think Christian Rock is going to back uh, uh, the mass killing of E-Flies? Yes, absolutely. Because they're always looking for a new, young, hip audience uh, wow. in different ways. Uh, you know, I'm just telling you how you can get some free music in there. It might be some crap. <laughs> it might be. I can tell you right now, dude. My wife was in a Christian band in high school, and she was she was the drummer, and she did great. The rest of them were piss. <laughs> and I, I have no problem telling her that. Interesting. All right. Well, um... That is fascinating. Well, yeah. Th thanks for taking the time, dude. I appreciate it. I really do. No problem. I am going to send myself to bed, and I will hear from you sometime the next couple weeks. Let me sure. know how it goes. And uh, and I had totally forgotten until you mentioned it that you were the one who sent me those games. So oh, yeah. I got one other thing to, to share with you real quick. Yes. I was also the guy that called in bitching about the lack of legacy controls in Dead Island. From uh, way back in the day, you may not even remember it. You told me to get back to you if I ever played it again with real controls. I threw that game out the fucking window. I, Dead I'm Island a, lack of legacy controls because you wanted the single joystick? Correct. Dual yeah, you, you brought, it's the golden eye effect. Um, but uh, but you were telling me to suck it up, and I couldn't do it. I, I was. Wanted to, I, I just wanted to update you. I couldn't do it. I, I tried. That's sad. Not for Dead Island, because I've never played Dead Island, but just because... Yeah. You need to learn how to play games for real. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, One of these days, like, uh, like I can you, rewire my brain. You fall into into a totally separate category of old fart if you can't actually use two sticks. I can use two sticks. That's not my issue. It's that the left stick needs to look left and right but move forward and backward, and then the right stick does the opposite, as opposed to one stick using your head and one stick with your body. I kind of crisscross them like I got bad wiring. I am telling you, man, just push <laughs> through for like for like a day straight. Just push through. Although I can't understand. It's, it's probably like me trying to get used to non-inverted uh, controls. 
No, this is the exact same thing, and I use inverted controls as well. I can't stand people that, like, down is down and up is up. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's the same deal. It's the same deal. But anyway, dude, I'm keeping you up. I got a crash. You got a crash. Thanks for the plug, and I will call you in two weeks. All right. Thank you very much, man. Have a good night. So there you have it. That is my chat with Dave about the game he wants to make. Uh, clearly, it is a very simple game that a lot of you probably expect should just be f- completely free on uh, on the iOS app store. And I, I can't say that I necessarily disagree with you, but if you have been willing to listen to that entire thing, <laughs> the entire conversation I had with him, then clearly you are either a very dedicated fan of this show or incredibly bored. In either of those situations, um, you should appreciate what Dave's trying to do here. He is a big fan of the show, and we should try to help him out for that reason alone. If you are super bored, then maybe you could use the game, and you should help him out. So I urge you to go to his Kickstarter page at flykillerelite.com and give him a buck. Give him five bucks. Honestly, just because I want to see what happens. Um, and uh, when that when that happens, if we actually get enough money raised, uh, we're going to have him back on the show to talk about that and the progress that he's making uh, developing the game. And I think that uh, could be a fascinating story. could also be super boring, but um, only time will tell. And your effort in pressing that Kickstarter button to donate, uh, that's also necessary. So anyway, thanks everyone for listening to this slightly different show than usual. Uh, remember, go to chatterboxgameshow.com if you want to email us, talk about, or tell us what you want to talk about, whatever. If you want to email me, tell me you hated the show, you loved the show, I want to hear from you. Chatterboxgameshow.com is where you go. We will be back with our regularly scheduled program next week. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.